Welcome to the Record Report Podcast. My name is Ahmad. This <laughs> is your host, Fans B. And this week we have a fantastic guest. We have a friend of the pod. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> friend of the pod. Hi, I'm Christina. <laughs> All right, I'm going to edit it so I won't have that long cause. Don't worry about it. Um, <laughs> I'll say leave it. Leave it. I should leave that part in too. I don't worry yeah. about it. Um, it's like I just walked in. <laughs> uh, there you go. Great entrance. Um, this week we revisited uh, our features studio only studio album, our future volume two. It's the wolf gang, the wolf gang. I fuck this flow. This is my electronic press kit. I hotted some fresh shit. Nigga red collect, bitch. Grown gray heads don't stress it. I text, message, message. It's the fucking estrogen. She lets me in. I sex her in. She sexier than my leather bands. As I never am purchasing. Reimbursing your currency. Put your body on the currency to work the street. I hurt the street. Her she sweet, she hurt she sweet. But me, I'm extravagant. Hop on the bandwagon, kid. I'm about to show you some tragic shit. The love is lost in the drug steak house in the studio makes him rock. Bitches in my drawers like you bitch in my drawers. Nigga, my dick's in. One thing you gotta understand yeah. about OF is that we got famous off of our shit ideas. You know what I mean? <laughs> Your first drafts yeah. ever. We got famous off of ours. So people were judging us and basing us off of our fucking 19, whatever. You know what I mean? Like, year old like, drafts, like our yeah. first shit ever. Like but that every shit nigga, is really every, good. It, like, because shit advances. You. Because shit progresses, you know what I'm saying? Generation nice. is generation. Yeah. We picked up on certain shit earlier and was lacking certain shit earlier. You know what I mean? But motherfuckers aren't like, uh, like willing to critique. Bitches think I'm crazy, but I'm normal. I just come off as a psychomaniac when I'm performing. That's an act, so I don't bore you to death because I adore you. And it's the summer, so. My niggas, you can practice liking I. I'ma practice that guitar, baby. It's summer camp, golf, wang. Where the talking trees are, you and your girls can roll. Yeah. Can you meet me by the lake at the park? Can you roll? Can you meet me by the lake at the park? Can you roll? If you meet me by the pier, bring the pier. We can menage. Ooh, your girlfriend Nikki got the back. I like to massage. I be in. OF Tape Volume 2 is the only studio album by Odd Future. The album was released March 10th, 2012, um, featuring the entire Odd Future collective of Haji Beats, Solidly Created, Dolan Genesis, Frank Ocean, Mike G, The Internet, Taco. I'm not saying the rest of those names. Um, and all the production done in the house by uh, Left Brain and Tyler the Creator. Um, the album was successful. Um, with critics and commercially regarding sales. Um, and it had a long lasting oppression for um, our futures fans everywhere. And it was the only, and it was the last co um, collective project they did together. Um, before we get into our favorite songs, Christina, what do you think about this album? Uh, this album is like a, in terms of like, if you don't know what our future is, if you were to listen to this album from start to finish, you get a pretty, pretty coherent idea 
you I don't think you will walk away from this album thinking like these kids are all going to make it. They are all so talented because there's a lot of moments of just childishness. It's just it's very clearly they're all friends hanging out, making music together. There are moments of brilliance. And then those people tend to be the standouts among Odd Future today. But when I listened to this, uh, when this first came out, uh, I don't know what it inspired in me, but I could relate to a lot of it for some reason. And I, I think that says something about me. Not good things, probably. Dance, what about you? I agree with that. Uh, yeah. Um, uh, I'd said before in uh, previous episodes that, like, the first time I heard, like, a member of Odd Future, which was Tyler, the creator, and the Project Bastard, I listened to it late at night, and it literally scared the shit out of me. So I couldn't even go to sleep. I was supposed to get ready for a New York trip. I wasn't. I didn't even go to sleep that whole night. I was just laying in my small, tiny, uncomfortable dorm bed, crying to the sky like a little bitch but when i came to this project you kind of see that they were still childish but sonically they were maturing a bit you kind of saw that there was a little bit more develop in their sound whether it was due to the resources that they had the the exposure that they had or just just the the, the chemistry that they had all together especially around this time when they were still touring you know while while they were releasing new projects from each of the artists so going back to this project, there is some ways that this album has dated, but I think the way that it is dated kind of, I, th- I think it kind of puts us more in perspective now than it than it did in the past. In the past, it was just like, yo, it's crazy as shit. It's odd future music. The shit is hard. But like, as you look back, you can kind of look at this album as kind of like the projector to where a lot of these characters were going in their future whether it was somebody doing a skit and showing up on a TV show or somebody actually winning a Grammy off of their musical talent. With that, Christina, do you want to start us off with what was your first, what is your favorite song and why? All right, this was hard for me uh, because there are a lot of songs that have, that are, that have similar vibes. So uh, the one of the two vibes that are similar that I'm going to choose to start um, is Lean, which is uh, Haji Beats and uh, Domo Genesis. It's essentially a mellow hype featuring Domo Genesis. Um, and, I, and you could argue featuring Tyler, the creator at the end. Um, I'm choosing this one because it's very similar to H Capped, which appears towards the end of the album. And it is just pure, uh, they're companion pieces. So there's the mellow and then there's a the hype. So. Yeah, I would argue that um, H Cap is the uh, the hype, and Lean is the mellow. And Haji starts the song, and it's very just a, a typical a typical rap song. But when Damo appears, then there's like an 808 buzz that just absolutely destroys your headphones or destroys the bass in your car. And then from then on, the, the song just just goes. Um, Damo just picks it up and runs with it. Uh, I have a favorite line, which is when uh, Damo says, "Can we cuss?" <laughs> okay that's a yes (laughs) yes absolutely okay uh donald says um spanish bitch told me i look mucho dinero then she said she loved me and i told her i don't care ho and for me when i listened to that i was like oh my god it's no quiero and he don't care ho and (laughs) that 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 i like odd future because they make me laugh and that that line just sticks out to me all the time 
like every episode or mostly every episode i love when there's a way to include humor into hip-hop because sometimes it can be so serious either it's like i'm shooting and killing everybody i mean i'm the biggest drug dealer on the block i have all of these women and i hate them all or it is like the world is over how do you not know the world is over wake up man the world is over so the fact that somebody can be like and say the most outlandish, stupidest, childish, teenage shit, it is funny and I love it because it just it just adds an element of like yo, not only is it creative because you got his heart as, as a heart, it's also like a level of might be overthinking like a level of vulnerability in music to make somebody say let me just also be like humorous with my stuff and not be so fucking serious all the time, and that's one of the things I like about our future as a collective. Um, I love the random screaming and yelling in the background of yeah. <laughs> That was so much fun. Um, I always like Haji beats. I thought he was going to be so much better. Uh, we can talk about more about the iFuture collective as a whole, probably at the end. I'm sure we will. Um, I love Haji Pot, but Damo was my low-key favorite person in iFuture. Um, Genesis, Rolling Papers, Under the Influence, um, uh, uh, and of course, No Idols. Oh my God, I love No Idols. Even stuff he did afterwards, the uh, Rick Corolla tape and facade record thing that he's done recently on his own oh my god like amazing pick a fabulous pick i love this song yeah that's one thing that i really fucked with throughout this project oh well this specifically this song i always fuck up and do that but with this song i really like the production of left brain um i think production is something that mellow hype really specialized at because there was another mixtape that I listened to in the past called Fuck the Police and the beat was hard and the way that the chorus and everything was structured was dope. But specifically with this song, man, it just showcased like the best out of probably some of the most underrated artists in Odd Future, you know? Because even though Mellow Height, I think their, 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 their re-release of their mixtape, it kind of threw people off because they still had the whole crucifixion shit going. But at the same time, bro, like... They could spaz on shit and they just did it again in the similar fashion that they've always been able to do spe specifically on this song. And like you said, Domo Genesis, bro, you could throw any beat under that nigga and that's he gonna spaz on that shit and like do it in his own way. It's still crazy to me how like he like even when no idols dropping and him working with a legendary producer like Alchemist, like he just kind of falls back. You know what I'm saying? Like he kind of falls into the shadows. But yeah, you chose a really good song. This joint was hard as fuck, especially when I was gaming and shit. Oh, 
Oh, oh, this made my payday runs way better. Um, I think it's my turn. Um, it's really hard to pick my favorite song because I'm really stuck between two, and I'm afraid somebody's gonna pick this one. So I'm gonna go with this one first, and it's Odie. Um, I love Odie. Frank Ocean rap. I thought that was fire. Like, oh snap, Frank Ocean can rap. Um, I wish Sid rap. She didn't rap on there, and I'm kind of mad. It only Sid would sound like she was rapping. But I love, um, I love posse cuts. I love the fact that in each verse, even though, even if, even Tyler's two verses, because he gave one in the beginning and one towards the end, he gave you both sides of Tyler. So the first verse was silly. Then the second verse was like, yo, I'm really good at rapping. Look at my friends. We're really dope. Um, the beat felt like a boom bat, like a like a beat you have to rap over type beat, and all of them was like themselves. So like Damo did not rap like someone else. I think that's, that's a private thing I love about our future the most. Like they never was trying to sound like the other person. You always like even no matter what the beat was, no matter what the subject matter was, you always rap like themselves. Like Damo killed it. Then that was the first time Earl had rapped because he was free Earl for the longest time. So he wasn't on no I Future songs in a minute. So he came back out of nowhere and that's the only song he was on and he was in the video. Oh my God, this song, it always takes me back to that moment. And it's like, that was the peak for I Future for me. That's the point where you as a fan, you said, oh shit, they made it. Earl is back. Frank is about to blow up. Um, the internet was amazing. Um, Matt Martians, you can tell he was gonna be an amazing producer. Oh uh, man, like our future put it all together. And then Odie was like, I don't know, man. It just felt like like friends, kids kicking it together. Cool. It wasn't too like crazy with some of the stuff they were saying in other songs. It wasn't as like tongue in the cheekish. I just love uh, Odie. Like that'll be the song where I remember has how our future was. That's Odie is my thing. So yeah, I love Odie. I'll let the guests go. Um, for Oldie, uh, there are two moments on this album. My second song is going to be the second, but there's two moments on this album that I love because they're very classic retro hip hop moments that people don't tend to do anymore. And Oldie is one of them because it is a posse cut. And even though this whole album is a display of everyone's talent, but they're, they're all in their own element. So there's an internet song that sounds like the internet, but by the time you get to this bottom, to this last song, it's everyone in the same element and then see what we can all do at the same time, even, even Frank Ocean, which surprised everybody. Um, and this song particularly takes me back to, I had been following music for a while, like on the blogs, on the boards and forums and whatnot. And the Free Earl era was absolutely insane. It was one of the first times that like stand culture had evolved from, from this skateboard culture and mm -hmm. to the point where they were harassing his actual mom, <laughs> trying to figure out where he was. The fader did some expose and was like, we found him, he's in Samoa. Oh, and it was, it was crazy. It was yeah. all kinds of journalistic integrity being violated to the point where <laughs> Owen was like, leave me alone. <laughs> I am fine, everything is okay. My mom found out I was making songs about raping people and she was right to be horrified. <laughs> Um, but I remember like getting really hyped when that video came out and I was like, oh my God, he's real. He's alive. There he is. And it was just, it was just a really triumphant moment, especially for it to come at the end of the album, for it to be part of the, the press for this album. It was just really exciting to see, to see that. And you don't see that anymore. Yeah. Fuck that. 
look. Contrast is a pair of lips Swallowing syrup and setting fire to sheriff's whips Whoops, whoops Fucking all American terrorists Crushing rapper larynx to feed him a fucking carrot stick and me? I just spent a year embarrassing I lost a little sanity to show you what hysterics is Spit to the lips, meet the bottom of a barrel So that sterile piss flow remind these niggas where embarrassed is Narrow tight line, might impair him since I made it back to Fahrenheit Grime and get the narrow tight, feral fucking ill apparel Wearing pack of parasite through his own youth off the roof after paradise Lottie Dottie back in here to fuck the party up Raiding fridges, tipping over vases with a Tommy gun Never dollars, Papa make it rain, hockey pucks and 60 day chips from fucking awesome Anonymous Call it bloated till he show him that the flow deluxe Off the wall loafers, four loco in a cobra clutch Vocals rolling roughy, vocal hold up, holds his drum and let me hit him Beat it with the stick into the hole is numb the culprit of the potent punch Scolding hot as Duncan scrotum in a Folgers cup Or Nevada driving drunk inside a stolen truck Shitting like it's colon bust, belly full of chicken and a fifth of old petroleum Supernova, I'm rolling over the Novus is a Roman Oh my God! Yes, I agree. Whoa! Yeah. What about you, Vance? I remember the time where we were at a concert and like people were yelling "Free Earl!" Like that shit was about to be a fucking riot. Like everybody was, "Yo, Free Earl, Free Earl!" And that you was like at one point niggas were getting scared because it was like, "Oh shit, some shit about to happen." Because even though this was before Tyler the Creator got into that whole uh, riot case shit, I think in Australia. Like, they had the, the opportunity to get real butt, but, like, going back to, like, I like what you brought up at the uh, the idea of, like, journalism at this time, because it was a mixture of, like, that old school journalism mixed with, like, the whole blog era shit, and it was at a very weird time, and surprisingly enough, our future wasn't mainstream at this point. They were still, like, an underground, like, collective. They were still in that old Wu-Tang element before the 36 Chambers. So just to see, like, how they were able to progress over the times and specifically with this beat, I, I just, I think this is the last time that they actually had some, a track like this together. If I'm not, if I'm not mistaken, because like even on the future projects, you kind of see everybody kind of just split up and do their own thing. But when you go back to the last uh, OF uh, tape volume one, they had uh Oh my God. They, they used some type of beat. It was a posse cut, and they had literally everybody on it without Frank for some reason. And it was a posse cut just like this, and it just shows the chemistry that they had at the time, the hunger, the chemistry, and how, just how everything was just able to play out throughout their throughout their different studio sessions to create so much dope shit like this. But, man, fuck, just going back through this and hearing all the different sayings just – just throughout the track, just makes you like go back to that time and 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 man, man, this shit was hard. This this was this was definitely a dope way to end your cut. Plus, this came out a few weeks before the first episode of Loiter Squad, so oh, it was like, yeah, this came out. They both came out in March of that same year, 2012. So it was crazy to like Odie and then this uh, as an OF fan, we was like, yo, this shit is crazy. Christina, I don't mean to put you on the spot, but uh, do you remember the time they premiered this joint in the, right before their concert in Philly? This is a vague memory. This, it's the kind of memory where I'm like, did that happen? Because they did a lot of stuff in Philly that I've never seen them do at the other shows that we went to. Right, right. Okay, all right. So I, I definitely remember at one point they stopped the entire concert in the midst of the concert to like show like the premiere of like Loiter Squad. 
and like how everybody was excited about that shit because the the the, the concert venue was way bigger than Sonar. So like when 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 it was bigger than Sonar, like you just saw more people moshing. It the the crowds were bigger. But as soon as you saw Lotus Squad, you actually saw a shitload of people watching. And just to see how like they followed up with the show and how the show did numbers and had really underrated rappers at the time that are now Grammy nominated and who also used a scene from that show on their uh on their uh as on their Instagram. I mean it's much more memorable. But yeah man um Lotus Squad was dope too. It was it was definitely a black version of Jackass. I will say that. And the humor that we hear in their music is also like very present in Loiter Squad. There's a lot of absolutely so many memorable sketches. Oh my, oh my god, yes. We should have an episode about Lawyer Squad. Hey, uh, Vance, what's uh, what's your first favorite song? I'm actually quite surprised that none of none of y'all got it because I was scared for a second, but I'm gonna have to go with Analog too. <laughs> go with Analog too. That shit funky, man. Um, meet me by the lake. Meet me by the lake. At the park and the moon. That shit hard, bro. And like the way that they flipped it up from like the original, I think off of uh I think that was off of Bastard, am I correct? Yeah. I can't remember. Okay, okay. I'm gonna I'm gonna fact check that. But yeah, like I like analog because analog all of the analogs, both the first one and second one, have always been kind of like the calmer song even though it still has some of the more darker themes that other Odd Future songs have. This was kind of like the songs that slowly got me into Odd Future outside of the ones that literally scared the living shit out of me. So like just to be able to come back to this one and see, just remember how it was like switched up to give you like a different vibe. It was like listening to one song in the, in the middle of the spring one year and then following up with a more developed version as well as your life being more developed the next year. And I, I like that about the analog series because it was always something that you could play, like you could play in different kind of settings. You didn't always have to like play it when you're trying to mosh and shit. You could play it in your wit. You could play it around the homies. You can play it with the one you, you know, you with. And that's always what I loved about it. And also like, like isn't Frank Ocean on mainly most of these analogs? Like, man, dude singing in the back and shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, I love that shit, man. Like, <laughs> Man, that's one thing. I think I think that's one thing we will always appreciate on this damn podcast, and it's the fact that Frank Ocean is a goat of the 2010s. But yeah, man, like I really love this song. I really love how they were they were able to kind of slow it down and even bring a small influence from the internet at the end of the track. Just a nice little seasoning touch to just 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 make you want to come back for more. Christina, what do you, how do you feel about this song? Analog 2 was going to be my second pick. <laughs> um, it's okay. It's all right. There's there's other gems that I can use. Mm-hmm. Uh, Analog 2 is also the second example I have of like retro hip hop. and Because this is an actual remix. This is not just like they added verses. This is like a completely reworked song from start to finish. So you're right. Like it, it grew with the group. So like analog, the first analog is super warm sounding. It sounds like summer. Whereas this one sounds like maybe closer to fall. It's a lot cooler sounding. Um, the pace is a little bit slower. And then by the time you get to the end with the internet and now we're, we're, ha- we're, we're having sex on rooftops or something. So it's a completely, 
completely different time of year. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. So these lyrics are strange. Um, but uh, <laughs> like, yeah, like Tyler's verses almost ruined this for me. They almost ruined it. I don't, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna perform those lyrics. But they almost ruined it for me. But um, this is a it's a smooth ass song. Uh, I, I fucked with it. I struggle with that too, right? Because his lyrics. Even then, I'm like, yo, you you're kind of ruining a really good song. Like, bro, this is a really good song, yo. Like, and I think the thing about the thing I like about the song now, now that I'm going back and listening to it, it has the elements of the title that we like now. Um, it's a sample, sample like feel. I don't know if it's a sample show, but I feel like it's a sample involved. Um, it's two different songs in one, so you get two different feelings. I know he's really big on like emotions in his music. Um, uh, like the the voice that Frank Ocean gives you in the first part and and analog different than the the feeling that um, Sid gives you in the second part of the song. And the beat switches also like two different feelings of the song completely. Um, and it sounds like the Tyler that you like with um, maybe not Cherry Bomb as much, but definitely um, what's the one with the sunflower on it with the bees? Flower Boy. Yeah, fl- duh. I said it. Damn, <laughs> said it in the title. Uh, it, 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 this song's on Flower Boy that I absolutely love. And I was like, yo, this, when I'm listening to something, I'm like, yo, this reminds me of the song on Flower Boy that I love or some shit like that. So I think for Tyler fans, this was like his beginning of his experimental where he wanted to take his music to. Um, great. Thankfully, his subject matter also changed because, my God, I cannot listen to this shit and the stuff that he was saying much longer. So I'm happy he grew out of that. My Jeez. My nigga. Oh my God. Like I that was one thing that just made me want to just move away from top. Like, yo, <laughs> yo. And the craziest thing is that some of the dopest shit has those verses. So it's like I can't even I really want to, but I I just because I can, I'm uncomfortable with this shit. I don't know if I can, bro. Like, but like you said, I'm glad he was able to move away from it and to for him to actually reveal like his full life to like the the, the 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 music world a couple of years after that with Igor, like that shit was crazy. Like, to, man, to see these artists that we loved and love to see develop and love to listen to their music actually grow, and to see them now, even though we didn't, we we have some stars that didn't make it this far. Like, it's it's beautiful, man. Yeah, for a while he was literally the definition of like you scaring all the bitches. Like, calm <laughs> down. It was. It was not. It was not cool. <laughs> it's better. That's Accurate. That's a great point. <laughs> it's kind of crazy though, cause like, there's other. There's a lot of like trap rappers and like. Uh, I'm not gonna just put them in the box of trap rappers, but just rappers in general that get that same love and get this shit played in nightclubs. But it's just something about you talking about that deeper shit, dog. That just make you say, Nah, I'm good. <laughs> I can't even spend this shit. <laughs> Do you think it was him being tongue in the cheek, or you think it? What do you think it was? Do you think him just him being a teenager and trying to like say shit to grab your attention? Do you think it was trying to like I don't know some deeper something involved, or he was just like I'm gonna say wild shit so people can like? Because this was this song didn't it doesn't give you the same feeling as Yonkers. It didn't have to be Yonkers had to be that way. The whole point of Yonkers was to say the wildest shit ever so forth and so forth but this is totally different than that so do you think he was trying like what do you think is the point of him still having these ancient lyrics in here oh no go ahead 
uh, I, I have two minds of like, one, we see the person he is now. And just at the time, he was just too young and could not express himself in many other ways. And shock rap is just the thing that he knew, especially as like an Eminem fan. So he just, that's just what he knew. And that's what he did. And it was, it, it appears to be completely incongruent to who he is. Like he's not actually mm. going to kill somebody and have sex with their dead corpse in their basement. That's not actually what he's going to do, but he, he rapped like that to shock people and push them away. And basically it's punk. It's like, I dare you to try to listen to this and have a good time. Yeah. Uh, but the problem is that he's way too talented and that his music is still appealing <laughs> despite that. So I think over time he felt more comfortable to actually be like, okay, I feel like singing today and I hate my voice, but Pharrell said I can do it. So here we are. So every time there was more and more growth. Oh, great point. Yeah. She kind of hit it spot on because I was just going to say it was like shock rap. I said that shit to, uh, yeah, I said that shit to my, uh, my friend Trey. Like, uh, like back in the day, he was like, why do people like this shit? This shit is like demon in and you see, un, you know, flipped over crosses and shit like that. And I'm looking over like, yeah. Like, what am, what am I supposed to complain about? Because the music backs their talent. Like, if you could talk that shit, back it up with the music. And they would, they've been always able to back the music up with it. So it's like, shit, you could keep talking shit about them, but they're going to be successful because they got the talent to match it. And they just got your head with this controversial shit because it makes you talk. It makes you say, hey, this person is repulsive. But actually, they got you. Because they got you looking at their stuff. They got you buying their merch. Because some people, for some fucking reason, like to hate buy people's shit <laughs> just to criticize it. Because people will put them on fucking Fox News and talk all that shit. Okay, you might be talking all this shit to this random ass audience. But hey, there might be a fan that actually said, oh shit, their shit is on Fox News and they talking shit about it. It's a weird world. But they've been able to be successful off of it just due to the fact that it is shockworthy, it is controversial. And as many people don't want to say that that shit works, it worked. And I said the shit back then, I said the shit now, you know what I'm saying? Like I said, I'm glad that they were able to move away from this because I didn't like listening to it. Even on some of the songs where I'm like, yo, melodically, production wise, this shit is beautiful. But I can't really listen to it just due to the fact that the lyrics are really fucked up. And I never want to be in a situation where I am doing some of those things in the basement. Fuck no. I never want to be in a... Well, I am in the basement right now. But I don't want to be in the basement doing that shit. Oh, my God. Uh, Christina, it's... Uh, I think it's your turn. All right, <laughs> That's just funny. <laughs> uh... I'm going to remove absolutely all sound from this discussion and suggest White with Frank Ocean. Um, ah. It's a completely empty sound song. It's acapella for like the first minute and a half. And it's a very short song. So I think it caps out about two minutes. And it's just Frank Ocean in his element, which is in his field. Um, just him contemplating some existential shit. <laughs> and... Uh, when the beat actually arrives, it's, I'm pretty sure it's Tyler on production because it's like the same horns that he enjoys and same, same drums. And uh, it just, it doesn't even go anywhere after that point. It just takes you home. It just, there's a, a solid wall of sound 
<laughs> and then it just fades out. Um, it's a beautiful song. Uh, I like it just because it stands out from practically everything else in the album. And it's a moment of stillness after so much craziness. <laughs> It's it's said to it's produced by it's actually surprising by Left Brain, so I'm really surprised oh, to see impressive. that. That's impressive, dude's got like, range. Guys, what? I did not know that. I just all my life since I first heard, it, I thought it was produced by Tyler. I, I, I always thought because it was it was a Tyler S sound. I didn't. I never yeah, knew that. So slept on. Wow. 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 Bravo. It makes me think. I wonder why didn't they do more stuff? Because this is like the perfect Frank Ocean song. Yeah. Stripped yeah. down, let just him his voice. Um, he's doing his wonderful songwriting, he's always done his very vivid storytelling, um, his ability to paint pictures like almost nobody. Um, it's a wow, left brain. Why have they not done more now? I'm so but they always had good chemistry, even when he was on the Mellow Hype um projects. Um, uh, but Frank, mm-hmm. um, wow, that is dope. I like the song too. It was like you said. It's definitely like a break from uh, the Rellas and the Ned Flanders and and the Sam's is Dids of the of the album. So it was definitely like a pause. Um, and I think that's what I like, right? Because you know you had like you had a break at the internet. You had a break at different points and like different parts. So I love this song. Great point. Wow, left brain. Yeah. I'm wow. Goddamn. Just well. <sighs> People don't really know how influential Left Brain really is when it comes to this production game because he had a really huge run in the mixtape scene, but now I'm seeing him kind of go into the next level with production by like putting a lot of his packages out. Um, I actually use one of his beats on Splice. So just to see him be able to kind of use a lot of those tools at it, at his most youngest, rawest core is beautiful. I didn't know that he made this fucking beat because that's actually one of the reasons why I like it. Very spaced out. For some reason, I imagine Frank Ocean being in the motherfucker, singing in the motherfucking snow and shit <laughs> while this while this song is happening. But it's just very calm, and I think both of you said it best that it's just a nice breakaway from all of the raw aggressive shit because the next song you get into makes you want to slap a nigga. Or two. So um to 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 like just be able to kind of get you to this nice vibe and this this very slow melodic pace is just it's nice. It's very nice. And I feel like this could also be on like his last project or the project that came out around this time, Nostalgic Ultra. I was wrong. Tyler made the beat. Oh, okay. <laughs> oh. Woo! I was about to say, my nigga, but still left brain like. <laughs> You still got splice beats, so give him that love. Uh, but top, yeah. we was right, Christina. You was right. I was right. You was, I was right. My, my inclination was right all of these years, and I don't know why. I just thought Snow White said white, but you know what? Fuck it. This is our podcast. To be fair, to be fair, Snow White has the same trick in which Frank Ocean is featured on that. But when he gets like the song has a lot of noise, and but when the chorus kicks in, it all of it pulls back to just just the keys. <laughs> so, I mean, Left Brain knows what he's doing when he's working with Frank Ocean. Let's not. Yeah. It's, it's still true. Yeah. Great point, Christina. I agree. Two time. Uh, who turned it? Oh, shit. Is it mine? Yeah, I think it's yours. <laughs> oh, oh, easy. You know, internet. What's your name? 
So, I'm going to be honest with y'all. I was not a purple naked ladies fan early on. Um, honestly, because, you know, when it first came out, we were still on the our future hype machine. And um, I wanted to, you know, head mash and jump over and stretch my shirts and fall and be all dirty and shit. I didn't want to listen to Sid and Matt make these wonderful love melodies. Um, so it wasn't Hive Mind. It was, it was before Hive Mind. What would they make before? It was the album they made, and it was all in front of the cover. Oh, well, oh gosh, it feel good. But whatever that the album they did, like 2012, 2013-ish, and I was like, man, who are these? Who are who? Because Sid voice is amazing, and her solo project was really good as well. Um, and I think she has an amazing voice. I think people don't give her credit for her songs. Um, her Steve Lacey, Pat, Matt Martians, the Ego Death, they're Christina, you are the shit. Ego Death was amazing. I think I might have, if, if we had like cassettes, I would have popped the tape. Like it was, I played it that much. Like I love that joint. And I was like, yo, why did I listen to this shit before? And I realized like, oh, they also made Purple Naked Ladies. I think it's crazy to think that Odd Future had Matt Martians, Left Brain, and Tyler and Frank as producers all in the same time because all of them have great ears to music and they were all really, really, really young. Um, and they were making some great stuff with some sounds. Um, and then Eagle Death Man, they were just like playing with live instrumentation. And then they went on the tour with Mac Miller and they was touring with Mac and they put more live instrumentation in that music and they were making great songs and said so it can sing like, like, crazy good at singing so when i heard you know this is before all this i really like a song I'm like oh this is good it's a great feel it's a great break from ned flanders which was beforehand and um i don't know man this is what made me an internet fan i did not like purple necklace but this is the song i was like oh i like this song it, it just it just felt good it felt it was march summertime morgan some morgan summertime was getting warm everybody's outside you play this joint, you can't play Rella out front. You can't get dressed to Rella. Rella is getting ready to go outside and have fun and run around like a stupid person. But you know, you can play that in the morning when you're getting ready to start your day. And it was a great song like that, like a good feel good song. And I love it. And this is a song that made me like, oh, I love that our future is diverse with that sounds. This was the song. <laughs> uh, like you, Ahmad, I was slow to the internet train. I was not feeling them. The first one of their first singles was like, "Do you want to do some cocaine?" And I was like, "I don't, I don't need, I don't need this in my life." <laughs> uh, so I never got on that train. I didn't get on that. I'm still not on the train technically, um, just because they're they're they make a lot of mood music, and I like my R&B to go somewhere most times. Uh, but uh. this this song is like I think an example of them in a quick package of like this is who we are and this is what it is. So this song actually goes places. It, it has a slow like 10 second pickup, which most times I skip, uh, not gonna lie. But once you do listen to it, it's like, she's all alone with a bottle of Patron and you're just, okay, I'm here now. It's got some breakdowns, some great bass lines. This is a, this is a good song once it gets started. 
It reminded me of one of those um, songs like this on one of them um, uh, nerd albums. Mm. I can't remember which one it is. Well, not the first song. Like when Pharrell was making like songs like these, I want to say like Fly or Die ish. That's mm. what it kind of reminded me of. So yeah, it's probably why I like this so much. So it's crazy because like I've I've been I fuck with the internet since it's purple naked ladies. Now I'm not gonna say I was like super into them because like I I did see like a lot of the backlash and when actually going through the pro uh, through the, through the project, I could see some of the uh, criticisms towards it being uh, very valid. But the raw kind of funk that they had and like the kind of vibe that it gave in the room that in my dorm at the time. I was like, you know what? They're a little bit rough, but I want to see what what they can really manifest from this, and 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 I want to see how they can develop. So I came in around like feel good, and like that's when I started really seeing them like really kind of add more and add more of a, a kind of a groovy pace to like their music and just to skyrocket there. So go back to this song though. This is definitely like. Um, a gem off of the project for me. Um, I wouldn't say that this is like one of the best internet songs from, in, in my opinion, just due to the fact that like, I shit, I've kind of been taken to the moon with so many other tracks. But what I will say is that at the time, this was something that lets you know that this is what we are and we're just only getting better. Because even with this song, you kind of see some of the things they wanted to put together in the, in the, not in the entirety of the project, but in kind of like the main emphasis of Purple Naked Ladies, you kind of saw it really emphasized within this track. And I think that's one of the important reasons why it's on this project, because not only does it show you the talents of many other artists on uh, OF, but it also shows you what the internet can do and what potential that they have to do better things, things that they have been able to do in the future. Also, Sid's solo album is hard as fuck. Goddamn. <laughs> it's also really funny they had a song called Cocaine where the song was said, Do you want to try some cocaine? Do you want to try some cocaine? That is hilarious. I snort. Like, <laughs> I just, just want to say that was hilarious. And I completely forgot they tried to do that. <laughs> and Christina has reminded me of that. And now I want to play it tomorrow and just laugh. But I'm afraid somebody's going to hear me and be like, Hey, man, I think you need some help. So. Yes. I, don't it, know, I don't know what to do. It's not the best first impression. Like, it does not. It does not illustrate where they're going or what what their influences are. Like, mm. <laughs> it's very raw. It's very raw. I, I'm not going to even like. I'm not going to even say like, oh, it's amazing because it wasn't. Because like, there were times where I was like, I'll get this a shot, and then there were other times where I was like, let me just put this shit down. There's way better jazz out here, especially when you got bad, bad, not good working with Tyler. Come on, like, but at the same time, when I was listening to it, there were some tracks that made me say, okay, maybe if they can kind of work shit out, then they can they can be something great. But at the time, I was like, I'll give them, I'll give them a shot. And some there was one of the songs that I actually like liked that kind of got rotation in college. But I, I forgot. It's been a while. Hey Vance, I think it's yours. Um, shit. I'm probably gonna have to go for the song after uh, <laughs> Frank Ocean's Joan. Oh my gosh. I'm trying to look for the title right now. Excuse me. Is it H Cap? Yes. 
All right, talk about it. Yes. I love that fucking melody, that little southern ass melody. Um, this was kind of like a banger. I I wanted to say we got we got the B word, but just due to the fact that the beat is just very all over the fucking place, like it it, it didn't get me like uh like 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 H Cap did. H Cap it it I, the production is what really caught my attention, which was um let's see, produced by Left Brain. Ah, there you go. So it's definitely produced by Left Brain. You could kind of see that, like, of course, since him and Haji has a really good uh, connection when it comes to them working with, you know, with each other and other people in uh, Odd Future, that they're going to all spaz out. And the fact that uh, Left Brain was able to kind of create, like, a solemn banger with, with, with the production side of it, that's what caught my attention. Um that was one thing I was always interested in, how our future were able to make, like, bangers for, like, clubs and shit like that. Now, of course, it's very hard to play old our future in the club, just being completely honest. But when it has been played in the club uh, and, and you see Mosh Pit's performance, shit like that, and if it's an actual good song, like, you can get away with it, and the, the, the reactions are very surprising. So just seeing them craft different songs like H cap um, was something that was always interesting and interesting to me. So when I heard this shit, I was like, yo, this, this shit is hard. Um, I was going to say we got to be worried, but I was just like, ah, it's just, it's too crazy. But this one is, is solemn, but it's still rough enough to be like, all right, cool. This, this, this can get eaten in the car. So Paper chase, our future fucking feelings. Check the score, we fucking winning. Check the list, we in the building. Stupid swag, Paris Hilton. More potential, use a liar. Step up, we will crucify your head first. Yeah, it's going down like a scuba diver. Need the fire, I'll supply it. Put the higher on the block. Swag on deck. If you need it, I'll be overstocked. Those horns throughout are crazy. I don't know what made Left Brain include it because the beat is crazy without it. But those horns, like like just throughout the dun dun, it hits like and then like I said earlier, Don was one of my favorite people in this group. But him and Haji had a great chemistry. You felt it. And then Toddler came Tyler. Tyler came on at the end with a long verse. It wasn't even like it was like a like an eight bar. It was like a long, like maybe like a twenty-four. He went way past 16 um and he was talking about you know when he took the remember they took the picture at wash your throne he used to take the picture at the wash your throne show and everybody i remember that was online everybody thought oh my god look at tyler da, 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 da. so it's crazy he was rapping about that but this beat 
might be the best meat on this whole tape. It's just the way it hits. And then even when the car and then live, down, down. I don't know, man. Left brain, man. I don't know where he is, but he needs to start coming, making more beats as soon as possible. This song is so special to me. I don't know why. That is the mellow hype, the mellow high connection is just it's powerful. Um, I would like to bring our attention to some of these lyrics. <laughs> please do, uh, please do. If anyone is, Vance has been in the car with me. I'm somebody who appreciates lyrics because I like rapping in my car. I like rapping in general. And <laughs> there's just, there's there's gold here, okay? So <laughs> Damo is, is, our, is our beginning here. My favorite run that he gets on is, <clears throat> odd future, fuck your feelings. Check the score, we fucking win. And check the list, we in the building, stupid swag, Paris Hilton. Paris Hilton. Paris Hilton. <laughs> there's, there's more, there's more. Uh, Haji beats, um, just, <sighs> okay, all right. <clears throat> there's, there's a good, there's a lot, there's a lot here. Um, I just appreciate how he starts. Just, I'm a brother man with a swagger from the motherland to tuck my hands and rust my glands. I'm ill as fuck, bitch. Fuck your mans. It's just great. It's just great. Tyler comes in. He's he's uh, he's um, turned his voice down. He does that often to the point that when I first started listening to Odd Future, I was like, I don't know how deep this guy's voice is. This is strange. But <laughs> he, he turns this effect off towards the end of his verse. Um, in which he once again, like like Ahmad said, he just kind of complaining about being famous. He doesn't, he's not feeling it. Um, mm-hmm. uh, he talks about all of his influences, like MF Doom, Wood Kid, Rick Squad. Um, oh God, Whew. Uh, my favorite run that he gets on here is "Free My Little Nigga Sweatshirt." Gang name stitched into my sweatshirt. Bow down, tell your motherfucking neck hurt. Respect me. Do we run shit, nigga? Yes, indeed. Just. There's just so much gold here. It's just a great song. Finish is perfected. Odd Future uh, Tyler goes on one of his rants towards the end. Just a, a mm-hmm. trademark Tyler the Creator rant against yep. the industry. <laughs> yep. Why we need to free our sweatshirt and why Steve Harvey is probably not the best. Yep. It's just. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my God! People used to walk around saying "fuck Steve Harvey." For no I did. Reason. I was one of those niggas. <laughs> people used to just yell out, "Yo, fuck Steve Harvey!" And I'd be like, "Yo, what the fuck? Fuck Steve Harvey!" And I'm like, "Yo, what does Steve Harvey do?" And I featured, and I think Todd did an interview one time, and he was like, "No, it's something we just said. We had, it had no real purpose. We were just fucking around." <laughs> People was like really saying fuck Steve Harvey all the time. They were making like videos and they would just randomly tweet it out at random given times. Hey, fuck Steve Harvey. And I was like, yo, what the fuck is going on? And I loved every second of it. One thing that Tyler did say that I remember my bad, real quick, Vance. He said, um, uh, MF Doom and then Who the Kid and Brick Squad. Do y'all remember that video when they were playing uh, Waka Flocka? Him and Earl in the car it was on YouTube and they were screaming Waka Flocka out the window. Do y'all remember that video? Oh my god, it is what? so funny. I hope those was, early skits are still up. It might be on YouTube. They were just rapping to them gun sounds and it was like them gun sounds, pow, pow. It, oh my god, it was so amazing. So the fact that he like said that on the joint reminds me of that video because it was like a fantastic wonderful video my bad man so i just had to get that off before i forgot because i'm old I, I i actually forgot what the fuck i was saying you can continue <laughs> oh, see now i feel bad see oh. 
She said she take notes. That doesn't happen. I take notes man. too, man. We 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 begin fucked up while dude. It's the it's the bit it's the Yangling talking. Oh <laughs> this this late into the game. You're right, it is. Yes. Um Vance went. I think this is your last song, Christina. Is this your third song? Second song? I, I've done two. I didn't I didn't plan on the third. Oh wow. I mean anything you want to say? <laughs> sure. Well, listen, if you if you don't have any more, you don't have to. I'm not gonna put you I on mean, the spot. There's, uh, I was, this, uh, when when I was invited for this podcast, I was like, let me sit down and listen to this real quick. Let me, because I play my things on shuffle all the time, so occasionally mm-hmm. something will come up, and I'm like, oh, okay, cool. Uh, there's songs on here that I'm ashamed to love. One of mm. them being "Real Bitch." <laughs> Deep shame, but I love that when Left Brain is just like, "Where my bitches at?" It's just, it's. <laughs> It is the kind of song that it's like, this is clearly written for a concert space. This is clearly written for a venue. Like in your headphones, you're like, I'm feeling it. Like literally in my head, vibrations are amazing. But this is not meant for for headphone listening. This is not meant for a car. This is meant for a concert venue so you can scream it to the top of your lungs. I love that. Uh, Rella, we already know that's fun. Um, the little kid saying golf wang is great. Um, golf wang. You know... I would like to just do a quick shout out to Mike G. <laughs> um, Talk on it, because I was going to pick him. Please. Yeah. Okay. Just, just if, if someone wants to go in, you know, and elaborate, go, go on. But Mike G, undersung hero, under, undersung hero of our future. Um, I like his music. It doesn't always speak to me. I've never been a stoner. So his music doesn't, it doesn't hit me in the right way most times. But um, he's smart. And his choices in music and beats and instrumentals is 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 perfect. Um, like when he flipped the most deaf panties, that's that's a classic one. That's a good one. Uh, his uh, adoration of chopped and screwed music, like he's done a few chopped and screwed mixtapes just as a hobby with like Rihanna music. Like it's just he's he's buried. He's he's all over the place. And I I don't feel like he's best represented on this tape with uh i think it's called forest green i don't think he's best represented here i think there's better mike g songs that they could have put here i agree i also don't think he should have had a whole song to himself yes and i don't think this song did him justice again i'm not a big mike g fan uh like the biggest biggest but I, I felt like, I don't know if y'all remember, remember um, Tyler went on that rant one time on Twitter about how his, some of his friends um, from the group um, chose weed over their career and didn't want to do the work and shit like that. Y'all remember that that, that rant? I felt like, oh, damn, why he dogging Damo? I kept thinking he was talking about Damo, but I think he was talking about Mike G. Because um, Damo did the tape with Alchemist and it was amazing. And I think he didn't want to sign to a major label, so he did the underground route. But Mike G kind of just like faded off into like the weed clouds and ascended to this level of nobody knows what happened to him ish. Um, and to your point, like he's had some great stuff with music. Like he has some dope verses on some other stuff. He, you know, like the tapes you mentioned, like he has showed promise for other stuff. Um, and it kind of sucks. So. Yeah, and I wonder what he's doing. I'm gonna look on YouTube and say what happened to Mike G. I'm sure YouTube is gonna be able to find it and let us know because I'm really curious. It's gonna be a documentary made by Turismo and shit. <laughs> Only about Mike G. Mike G. Mike Gerald was born uh, like 
Damn, nigga, you fight his whole government? I feel like on what happened and shit. Michael Gerald was born with one of three. Like, dang. Go ahead. Tell us about Mike Gerald. Um, so I'm mean, let's, let's not go into no more songs since I don't oh, oh, go ahead, Vance. What I was gonna got? say one more thing about Mike G before I fuck around and forget. All right, so uh <laughs> uh mainly <laughs> man, well, I was a Mike G fan. He was actually the first artist that got me into uh future because like I said, I was fucking terrified and I couldn't go to sleep that night when I was listening to uh Bastard. That was the first project, and also to fact check a long ass time ago. Christina came in the clutch and corrected me on another song that had their first analog, which was Goblin. So I'm just going to add that for a fact check. But just going back to Mike G, like he was the original person that got me into it. Um, I've said many a times on this podcast that I'm, I grew up off of 3-6 Mafia, a lot of Southern music. And that's what Mike G was supposed to... Uh, was supposed to enca- uh, encapsulate. That don't sound... That don't, that's not a word. Uh, Embody? Yes! There you go! Thank you. Thank you. Seen it for the for the for the actor. I appreciate that. But yes, he was he was mainly embodying the southern rapper of of Odd Future, and he was definitely doing that because it was like one song off of his project all the way back in 2010 that just kind of talked him about like talked about a robbery, and I was fucking with that jump heavily. So it was like he had the potential there, and I did see him kind of headline a couple of concerts on its own without Odd Future, even though his name already had Odd Future kind of smothered all over it, just due to the fact that, you know, he's worked with Tyler, the creator, many members of the group. But this was definitely 2015, 2016. And there was another artist that posted a a poster with both his name on it, Rakeem Miles, and then Mike G's name as the headliner. So he was still getting concerts around that time. Now I don't know where the fuck that nigga is, but it's 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 sad because that was an artist that really could have got like some bang if he was around the right people. I feel like if he was able to kind of like make a splash in that southern uh that southern crowd or that southern audience, work with people like Crit at the time who was making like their own specific sound, I think he could have found his mold within our future or expanded you know, upon what he had, like many of the artists before. But yeah, man, I think Mike G is a story that we should be able to tell a little bit more. Not you and I, but just, you know, it should be spoken a lot more because for many artists or for many people with listeners that wasn't able to get into the harder shit like Earl's project at the time, Mike G was that that entry level uh, way of getting into our future and loving their music and then moving on to the harder shit when you were ready. That's what I appreciated him for. Are you His talking about the song? Crazy. Are you talking about the song "Stick Up" from uh, Gialli? Yes. It's, yes. Yeah, that was tough. I remember that one. That was it. Was a stick up. It said that was hard. I remember that song. Yeah, he just faded off after that. Mm-hmm. Apparently, according to iTunes, he still make music. I'm not surprised. No, I just looked it up. I never knew that. Um, also, I'm not going to sing any more songs. Does anyone want to say like the overall feeling of the album and what is the the long term impact, if any, of Odd Future? Here we are, almost ten years now. Yeah, they hit, they hit the scene in when 2010? Yeah, did you check your watch for that though? I did. I'm trying to watch you what time it was because I'm an oh, old man. Okay. You know. <laughs> you know what I'm saying. <laughs> 
There's no calendar on my watch, but if it was, that'd be dope. I was like, um, yo. I reached that level where now my watch is now so that I just check randomly throughout the day. That's what happened when you listen to our future for 10 years. Um, <laughs> um, but yeah, I don't know. Like, I, I, I've been thinking about this all week since the album was selected. I was like, what can you point to to see what was the long-term impact of our future? Um, you can be talking about Frank a lot with the Frank album and all the things that Frank did. Um, I don't know. I don't want to speak for y'all. So what do y'all think? Yeah, the floor is yours, Christina. Okay. Um, I'm going to make an argument that our future made room for punk rap. Not to say that punk rap didn't exist before, but a space for, for rap to embody uh, anger, <laughs> um, anger, teenage angst, uh, other emotions that are not represented by your gangster rap, not represented by your traditional, like, I don't know, conscious rap. Uh, I think they made a lane for it. Now, it went by several different names. So you've got like Drill and Chicago, which is punk. <laughs> like, it's just dudes with no shirt on, dancing <laughs> in their room alone. Like, that's, that's punk. Uh, and I feel like that kind of like hard hitting, loud, chaotic kind of music would not have as much room to exist had it not been for Odd Future getting banned from Australia. Um, I also feel like you've got rappers like JPEG Mafia and Rico who probably might not have had the lane that they have now without an Odd Future before. Without like, I think people would have been less likely to invest in them unless they saw like that this is a, there's a need for this. There's a want for a space for black and brown people. And then also a lot of white people to just scream and and do whatever crazy stuff they do. And I feel like that's part of their lasting influence is that like, this is now a viable avenue of music whereas it wasn't before, I don't think. Mm. Wow. Damn. Interesting. <laughs> I never made the drill connection. I never made the drill connection because I can see that though. Um, when did, um, uh, I don't like come out. Was that 2010 or 2011? 2011. Hold on. I think I think it was 10 years. Because Chief Keef's rise was at the same time as our futures. And I feel like you also have to credit Walker, which our future also. Oh, oh, absolutely. Yeah. Oh, great point. Yeah, all of that screaming and throwing dreads around definitely influenced our future. They say it a lot. The video I was talking about, they say it a lot. Um, just his. Um, Walker was punk rock in a sense, you know. You know what the hell he was saying? Very loud, uh, abrasive. Do what There's I want. Shouts. Just yeah. bang, bang, bow, bow. Yeah. Confrontation in music. Confrontation in the shows. Um, just a rebel. I think. That's what do you think about our future and overall? Like, I said really it before. Hot. I'm gonna say it again. I think our future is the Wu Tang Clan of our generation. I I believe that like. The fact that all of them have been able, well, not all, but shit, damn near all of them have been able to kind of move forward in the music industry and kind of, even though they're not together, you know, and, and united the same way Wu Tang is, like as of now, like they're still making their 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 cultural footprint in the music industry. 
Frank Ocean did it with the music industry when he, like, like I said before, when he moved away from Def Jam and became independent. Um, Tyler, the creator, won a fucking Grammy off of Igor, a project that not only showcases versatility when it comes to different music genres, but then also the fact that he was able to really open up about things that went on in his life musically and still be able to make a fucking jam out of that joint. Then you got people like uh, Taco, like acting on Dave. And then I don't know what the fuck Jasper doing, but I've seen Jasper around like still online at some points. I don't know. But then when you include also like how the internet has kind of like, there's a crazier side to the internet. There, there's Zach Fox's things of that matter. Like I feel like our futures influence came from like uh, that came from our future in some way. You know what I'm saying? When it originally was on the internet, they were like, the people that were like the over extreme on the internet before there was a, a true over and extreme, you know what I'm saying? And they were just, I don't know. They were just so ecstatic with the energy that they had that nobody could really ignore it. Like you could be a fucking 40 year old shit. You might have a son that fuck with our future at the time. You know what I'm saying? I know my dad did. Cause I, I definitely was mosh pitting and shit, but just going back to it. I just, I feel like just due to like the impact that they had, not only in music, but fashion, uh, uh, shit, uh, 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 the, the, the financial in, in, in some cases, TV, media, shit like that. I'm just rapping. But at the same time, like they've changed multiple forms of the culture in many ways. And we haven't seen anything, anybody do anything like that since Wu-Tang Wu Clan, to be honest. So that's just me. But I would say that, like, the legit, the our, fu the, our future is the Wu-Tang Clan of the 2010s. Yeah, I mean, I, I see I see the correlation. Um, I think our future was the essence of what made hip-hop hip-hop, yeah. where it was a bunch of kids who uh, were doing stuff in a different way, and they were doing it in a way that extenuated their individuality. So even amongst a group, you can have an Earl who's like a rapper, rapper, and you can have a Tyler who could rap, but then he also does these amazing things with melodies. And then you have like a soulful person like Frank, and then you have like a Damo, and there's all these different people coming together. Um, and also it was a lot of fun. And it was like at a time when the labels were starting to fall apart and couldn't figure out what to do with music, you had the internet blowing up and people doing stuff their own way. And then another level of gatekeepers were arising with the blogs so tyler said remember tyler first coming out, i kept saying like fuck two dope boys like fuck not right like they were not giving them a whole nother level of gatekeepers arise and one two dope boy posts in 2010 could literally make or break a career you know a prime time post on now right a misinfo uh, whatever your blog of choice was at the time in 2011, 2010, could really make a bigger career. And these kids resorted to kind of the guerrilla marketing. I mean, granted, Clancy was an older white guy with connections, so you can't avoid that. But they made dope music, but they still used social media at an early age, at an early time of social media, an early part of YouTube. And sometimes they had to use shock to generate things because a lot of times, those blog posts weren't going to give them a credit. It was, they're not going to put analog on two dope boys. They're not. They don't hear that shit. But him playing with a fucking cockroach in the black and white video was enough shock to where you listen to Yonkers, but then on that same joint, you might hear something you like. 
I think also we can't talk about our future and I talk about how they pushed the gender conversation we had in hip hop for a long time. It was straight mm. men. Um, and it was always one way. You had to be a certain kind of way. And the fact that Tyler was saying these wild and crazy things and everybody put him in his box and come to find out, he was like, wait, no, he's, he's pranking us again. This is not real. And then Frank coming out and talking about his sexuality. And then you have um, Sid, and it was just like, I could be wrong, correct me if I'm wrong, but we never had hip hop artists at that level come out and say, this is me, this is who I am, and still be accepted for the most part. I'm sure there were some people with some fuck. I'm sure, I'm sure, I'm, listen, I know there were some people, but if you fuck with our future, you do not stop fucking with our future. Yep. When Tyler came out and let everybody know who he, like what he's been holding behind the club, what he's been hiding from the world for the longest time. When Frank came out, Frank said it on Odie, I'm yep. Bob, but I'm straight. He was like, I'm Bob, oh wait, I'm straight. So some people could have known, I don't know, but Frank said, Frank and Tyler said they had conversations about this beforehand. I mean, conversations on behindhand, and as fans, we don't they don't owe us to tell us that they can just make the music that they want to take. And the fact that they felt comfortable enough to say that, and to be young, to be black, and to be in a record industry that does not promote that or promote anyone coming out to say anything other than um, "I do what the fuck I want," and um, uh, bow down to the norms. Because you're afraid of being yourself because these gatekeepers are going to tell you what well, that's going to fuck up your sales. The fact that they built a fan base, they still accepted them. And the fact that they, the fans still fuck with them, it says a lot about them and what they build up and what they stand for. So I think they break down the doors for a bunch of artists to come behind themselves to feel the ability to not have to wait until album number five to make an announcement about who they are. Maybe they can do that shit when they first come out. Who knows? But I think those are all the things that feel our future had a big, profound impact. Not on hip-hop, maybe music in general, but especially for, like, young Black kids. Like, that shit meant a lot to see. And I'm sure there's other kids that saw that shit and were like, holy shit, Tyler, Frank, Sid. So that's what it meant to me. That's what I was... It was really cool to see that. Because I know it meant a lot to a lot of people. Yeah. So I completely agree with that. Um, shit. Yeah. Other than that, damn. Um, what else do we say about our future, man? We all out? We run out of time? I feel like this is a short episode. It probably is, but shit, we gave, we, we gave all the Christian, I just want to say you were a great guest. Mm-hmm. Vance, you got it right this time. I'm joking. <laughs> what? What? Oh, because he, he, he usually thinks that I try to bring people on that hate. Nas and I, it's not that it's just oh we, all same, we all agree <laughs> it is a large consensus that we he needs to work on this production game but outside of that like you like yeah yeah that's on the Grammys I had to I bring mean, why do people keep saying that he's not he's not the worst at picking geek it's not it's not it's for another time can we touch on the Grammys really quick yes yes really we can quick. really really quick so I didn't watch it so I'm not <laughs> Let me preface that with before I know what I'm, before I see what I'm talking about, I don't know what I'm talking about. Um, I think it sucks that every year for the Grammys, white people win, and then they gotta go up there and say, "Hey, yes, I won. Black person who should have won, this water's for you as well." 
I swear I'm fucking tired of it happening. I feel like it happened this year. It happened with Beyonce and Adele. And it happened with Macklemore and Kendrick Lamar. And I swear to fucking God. Stop. Either you if you get the award, don't give us the white guilt. Just get your fucking award. Say thank you, white people, for giving me my award. I'm happy to be white. I'm gonna keep making this music and go on much. Do not bring us into this shit to make us feel like, hey. I got this award over you, and I feel bad. I'm going to take my award home, put it on my mantle, but thank you, black person, because if I can't thank you publicly, that means we're good. Like, no. And that I'm shit is weird. In the white shadows of white music consciousness for the next decades. But <laughs> I didn't personally, I didn't really like the fact that like they had all of these, which was really dope to see. They had a lot of black artists win all these other awards. Before the, huh? They, well, Ooh, they, besides Megan, okay, okay Me, let me, let me, and Megan deserved it. Let me get wrong. Megan deserved every award. Flying should, Lotus, Thundercat. That was that was Kate dope. was up for best new artist. He's been out for ten years. Kate, I know, I know, but still, Kate. No, Kate Trinata won an album. Oh shit, he won a Grammy for best electronic album, and it had a Bro, lot. He's of- the first black person to win that award. Black people made the fucking genre i know right i know right which is really disrespectful but that just lets you know the type of people well the type of people that is the majority of judges in the grammys because now we're starting to get like you know a, a low number of like people from our era of music uh uh become judges like knife wonder so you're starting to have a lot more of inclusivity when it comes to the grammy judges and I even went to uh, one convention and like they're looking for people to be a part of the chapter, which is something we need to do. But, <laughs> Yo, but the, let me sign up right now. I yeah, listen to all types. We'll, of we'll talk about that after. What but do like, I do? Send me the yeah. send, send me the send me the deets. I'm gonna do I got it. you. I got you. So like, but yeah, like I think right now, like personally, I don't like it because now that I know about the technology and the what happens after the Grammys when those people win those awards. To be honest, for me, fuck the hardware. You know what I'm saying? Like, I like the fact that a lot of uh, artists were able to get their just dues, even though it was late. Um, but I don't like the fact that a lot of these white pop artists that don't even get like best, like like the other little singles on the side. Oh shit, I knocked over my bottle. They get the other <laughs> little shit on the side and then they get the main big ones. And I said before that it contributes to that Grammy boost. When you get those main three, I don't know how it is for like the other awards. I think there is a Grammy boost for those. For those, but when you get to those main three, best album, record of the year, like shit like that, there's a huge Grammy boost that comes from that. And just due to the fact that we're now in a streaming era, it makes music much more accessible. So if I if I just see fucking Taylor Swift get this award for album of the year. Now I'm more inclined to listen to it to say what makes it album of the year. And that shit boosts their credit up to a point where you can hit diamond off that shit. Outcast did that shit in the past. Now, of course, this takes time for it to get to diamond. But I do say that that Grammy boost that they won album of the year that year is a huge uh, push to diamond to for them to get to that level. Shit, uh, MC Hammer won a Grammy and he got an album in diamond too. So it's like, it's not fair that like, and I sound like a fucking kid saying this, but I am like kind of kind of offended by this shit. It, it blows me how like a lot of artists, they'll get like the urban shit or like, 
like the 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 the, the little Grammys where it's like, all right, congratulations, you got a Grammy, Black be happy shit. with it. But then they get fucking the, the the other artists that nobody really listens to outside of people who listen to the fucking radio, which those numbers are declining significantly now because now iHeartRadio got to put out an app for 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 their radio stations, but they get that playtime on there and they get that Grammy push to keep making them successful, to keep making those record labels successful. That's the shit that annoys me with the Grammys. And I saw that shit last night. Outside of that, I do know that there were like some artists that got love that I appreciated, but, and I, I appreciate the fact that both Meg and Beyonce was able to make history that night and Meg had her fucking ride, even though like, again, to be honest, she should have got some Grammys back in 2020, but that's just me. Um, but they, they're always late with shit. I'm not surprised no more. I'm glad that the judges are being much more inclusive now. I mean, not the judges themselves, but the, the judge pool is much more inclusive now. Is getting to that level where we're kind of getting some of the, 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 the just desserts that we should have gotten years ago or decades ago. But it's still it's still it's still flawed. It's still significantly flawed. And that's how I feel about the Grammys, man. Yeah, yo. Uh, I, I, yeah. it's It don't make no fucking sense, bro. Nope. And the, I tweeted out before it happened. I said, let me get ready to sit down and watch Billie Eilish win all of this shit so everybody can see how effective Apple Music push really works. Because every time you go on Apple Music, you see Billy fucking Eilish. I never listened to a Billy Eilish song in my life, yo. Right there. Like, why is she, what why is she on my thing? No, why is she on my TV to say click now Apple TV? It's just the push, like, and it's not fair to other artists. Like, I don't know how she won Song of the Year over not putting in like how do you win over Savage? Yeah. And if and if you defend that, cool. How do you win over Say So by Doja Cat? Like, come on, yo. Doja, say what you want, Doja Cat. Say all the shit you want to say about her. Rate, but what Nori say, she's in a racial chat room showing feet. She can make a fucking pop song, though. Yeah. And like, she does it in her sleep. And this shit flows. I don't know how Billy Eilish won over all that. I don't understand. And then Tyler Swift wins every year. Every year. And. Black Pumas, Black Pumas album was so good. I still gotta listen to that shit, man. Black after Pumas concert, album was like, so good. It was amazing. I feel bad because after that con- after that performance they did at the Grammys, I was like, "Fuck, I need to listen to their shit." Even if like, they gave us the other white women, Haim, 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 Haim. Oh, Haim is dope, yo. Haim, that shit. I listen to that. I'm like, yo, that shit is dope. I, so I listen to Tyler Swift because I'm like, yo, maybe this is the one I understand. I listen to folklore. It's so boring. Yeah. And I listen to boring white people music sometimes. And it's like, this is this even this isn't even like Chris Stapleton good. This Chris Stapleton can sing. And he can tell you there's stories about him being a drunken old man falling out of love. You can understand that and how sad and depressed he is. Taylor don't even give you that, yo. It's just like I'm a white woman. You being mean to me the whole song. Yeah. I'm like, yo, what the fuck is this? So that's why I don't get it. I really don't understand how it works. I think it's a popularity contest, and when you get to a certain point, they give it to you nonstop. And it was, when it comes to black people, they just pick the biggest name in the column. Yep. That's the only thing I think the of. most woke song. Like, I have never heard that her song that won, I Can't Breathe. Uh, mm-hmm. Nobody likes Black Parade, but that one. 
It put businesses out. I will say that. Trap Bob got her love, man. I can, I ain't going to hit. I ain't going to knock that, man. Black women got their respect, especially just due to the fact that everything was marketed really good dope. Like, there's a website and shit. Go ahead. I'm sorry. They gave I Can't Breathe because it what happened last year and all the all the, the all of the stuff. And also because, <laughs> because they didn't give that baby performance was awful. Let's not talk about that. I mean, <laughs> this nigga I'm not had saying people, that. I'm saying the song. Yeah, <laughs> the baby had niggas throwing Molotov cocktails and flipping in a fucking Grammy performance. What the fuck? I mean, granny. This if, nigga threw a, a bomb and then did a flip and stood next to the baby. <laughs> I'm like, yo, are we making our black anger into like just what is this like? We're we're selling it, we're commodifying so white people to feel okay our performances now. No, why are we why why are we why, what is the point of that video? But of, let's be but let's be real. Let's be real. Were we ever able to see black anger showcased on the Grammy stage like that though? I don't want to show black anger to white. I don't want white people looking at black anger regardless. I don't they want them it. looking out, getting money, getting with them getting money because it's oh, ads off of, us. off of us and us performative of our black anger. Our black anger, it makes it look like when, when we do go out and burn down cities, let's take pictures and watch them afar like we had a fucking zoo. It feels like that because what happens is up next, the baby performs his uh, uh, social conscious the bigger picture. Up next, the little baby takes the stage and he gets ready to send his message with the bigger picture. Hey, you, presenting this award, the baby. Here goes little baby. Little baby performance. And that was just little baby. Here's Kmart. I'm like, motherfucker, you just trying oh, to sell man. our black pain for some fucking ad dollars. So, shit like that. It makes it me feel. So, I, I didn't watch the shit, to be honest. I just saw it online. Okay, I now that you say that I complete I can I can understand your side from that case because I was like now that you make me think of that, then now it's like all right, cool. I see the bigger picture, no puns intended. <laughs> and how like and how like they can make money off of our anger. Completely understand. But I feel like I feel like sometimes we need they need to they need to understand like they need to understand the fucking frustrations that we have, the, the fucking microaggressions. They need to understand all of that. Now, whether it's from, it shouldn't be from CBS because CBS is always going to find a way to tone it down. And I'm not just talking about CBS specifically. I'm talking about just like, like networks and like million dollar corporations that don't really understand that shit. You know what I'm saying? But like, I feel like there, there has to be a space for black rage because I feel like there's no, there's no way that we can really see that side and see the side of us that we overcome to get to the success and the, the maturity and the development of that, unless we see that rough side. And I think that's one reason why I fuck with our future to this day, to bring it back to, to, to context, because in those early years, you saw that angst, you saw that rage, you know what I'm saying? Was it healthy? Fuck no, in some cases. Was it healthy for the song? In some cases, no, because it makes it hard for you to listen. But just looking at it like you did see that rage and it brought together people, a fan base that really fucked with the group and lasted on these several years. So when it when it I do agree with what you say when it comes to these multi-million dollar corporations trying to make money off of it and advertisements, completely understand. But I do think that there is there should be a space for that 
in a discussion for us to be able to talk about that because we have those feelings in some cases, especially the last fucking four years. You know what I'm saying? I've seen, I've, I've heard way worse comments uh, about the president from like many of us. And I appreciate that shit because I said the shame shit too. But at the same time, like there's that side of us that has that anger, that, that side of us that, that makes us tick because we're, we deal with so much trauma all the fucking time. And sometimes you, they got to be some way of releasing that anger. You don't want that shit to bottle up. I think you're right. I guess. I don't, know. <laughs> I don't. I can't say what I want to say because I can't have it documented on the recording and posted online. So I'm gonna save that for when I'm, I'm recording. Is all because I sound. I can't say what I want to say. I still got to pay my bills, and I don't want someone to say, "Hey, listen, I heard a mom said this, Mister HR." Um, oh. So I'm gonna keep. I'm. I don't want to say nothing too crazy. So I'm gonna keep. I'm. I'm a. I'm saying, I'm I'm one of the good ones. I'm one of the good ones when the mic is on. Um, So with that, Christina, do you have any closing (laughs) words that you want to say? Anything you want to shout out? Anything you want to plug? If not, that's fine. Um, um, Well, thank you guys for having me. Uh, This has been fun. Thank you for giving me the opportunity to dig into music from my past. And it takes me right back to when... I was walking around campus and takes me back to um, riding the Mark train, listening to things like Bastard and trying to figure out why I like this music. So this has been a great opportunity to remind me why I like this music. And I'm going to play uh, H-Capped right after this. Um, <laughs> you can find me on your local social medias at a ticket for two, no spaces. Um, I'll, be, I'll be talking about music and stuff. So if you got any ideas for like baselines for me to learn, just let me know. That's right. Oh, nah, you can't just slide that shit in. Nah, bro. All right. So Amar, I got to be completely loud about this because she's very talented at playing (laughs) playing the guitar. I think she plays bass, I think. Uh, uh, Yeah, yeah, yeah. And she always wanted to learn the bass. It is so much fun. I highly recommend it. Guitar Center, we have a special suit, the amp and like the, the cord, you know, highly recommend it. Um, Do you just grab yeah. it and start playing or you just watch a YouTube video? Yeah, just grab it and start playing. Um, Fender's website has like lessons, but mostly I, I, I played the saxophone growing up. So there's a, there's muscle memory there. So highly recommend it. Like I, I think about music all the time. So it's not, not a departure. That's good to know. Um, Vance, anything you want to say before I do the awkward cutoff? I'm not good at ending stuff, y'all. I'm not at work, period, in life. I just walk off and say bye in real life, so it's really hard for me. What here. about you, Vance? Um, Vance B underscore everything. Um, I think I'm about to drop a beat, like, as soon as I finish, because uh, I just finished up a new beat. Uh, but yeah, Vance B underscore everything off the dribble. Uh, number 13 is out right now. Um, and yeah, mix coming up next month. And uh, I'm about to get back on Twitch sometime soon. So yeah, peep that shit. And if you feel like you disagree with us in some way, let us know. You know what I'm saying? Don't show up to my fucking IG. Try and leave comments and shit talking about black women. Unless you want to get blocked. Fuck you mean. Wait, what happened? Did, <laughs> some, did something happen? 
yeah, some shit happened earlier today, but I'll leave that off. Brother, you gotta time. let okay, you gotta let me know. Somebody <laughs> talking about us about black women. We don't do that around these parts, it's, brother. It's, it's is, one of us. Is... It's one of us. I ain't gonna it's it ain't one, one of me, it's one of who? <laughs> not, not, one not, of who not me you. Pretty much oh, I'm about to say, did I sleep text the wrong thing to somebody? Nah, nah. Pretty much somebody came on IG talking uh about the Grammys and um literally showed up when it was a video of Beyonce and Megan Thee Stallion that I posted and they getting an award talking about Beyonce's greatness. And he showed up like, yeah, nobody watches this shit. And I was like, what the fuck? Who the fuck is you? But then he just start popping off saying these new niggas don't know how to talk about him. I was like, hold up, nigga. I document this shit fuck you talking about and then we kind of come on here we can have a discussion yeah yeah i gotta talk to him actually sometimes we can have yeah we can have a civil discussion about how wrong he is about black women yeah but let me that'll be the title because i at least want to hear what he got to say but he was talking about fucking blue ivy and shit and i was like no no come on man she got an award let that girl come but then he said shit about Nas not getting an award and i was just like all right like I mean, I agree with that, but like for you to kind of add Blue Ivy in the mix, you, you come on, you fucking up on game, bro. You can't put that shit on wax. You don't have to shut down a little girl to big up a dude for finally getting an award. <laughs> Especially when it doesn't affect you at all either way, you fucking loser. Um, all right, I'm sorry. <laughs> anyway. I'm I'm not editing nothing. Okay, well, <laughs> stand I, my my Instagram is ya underscore ahki. I don't post that much, but if that person wants to have a discussion, we can definitely talk about it. And I can tell them, hey, brother, you are wrong. <laughs> facts, facts. If that's the point, if your point is Blue Ivy is X, Y, and Z in a negative way, and then Nas is this in a positive way, like it's on the same scale, you are fucking stupid. It's actually both. It's actually both on a negative scale. And I'm just like, bro, come on. So what's the whole point of you hitting up my IG like this then, bro? Like, come on. Now, I found out that he has close ties with me, so I'm trying to get that shit taken care of. But it's like, it's like, don't come on. Like, for anybody, I make sure that my IG is a dope haven space for people of color and also women. So, like, if you go and sit here and try to give me criticism, criticize my craft. Don't try to criticize the women or, or the people that I post because they just trying to get a dollar just like you and I. And they, and they right, you, you say what? Peace. I got to stop this so I can hear what the heck so you can talk. Oh, okay. All right. All right. My fault. My fault. All I'm right. getting on this See moment. y'all next week. All that fun stuff. All right. Love y'all. Thank y'all. I'm glad that I keep listening. All that bullshit. One. Could this be earth? Could this be light? Does this mean everything? Going to be alright. One look out my window, there's trees talking like people. I dreamt of storms, I dreamt of sound, I dreamt of gravity keeping us around. I slept in the darkness, it was lonely, and it was silent. What is this love? I don't feel the same Don't believe what this is Could be given a name I woke you were there Tracing planets on my forehead
But I forget 23 Like I forget 17 I forget my first love Like you'll forget a daydream And what of all my wild friends And the times I've had with them Will all fade to grey soon On the TV station